Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So this week we've got an email from a, a listener. This is a longtime listener we've heard from before. His name is Simon. And he works with a lot of Agile teams, it seems like, because he says this kind of question, this kind of problem comes up again and again. So here's what Simon says. Sometimes you have a business feature that by its nature needs several stories to work together to make sense, possibly across a couple of systems too. Add in to the mix the restrictions of when you can make releases in the different platforms. Quickly, you find that the teams struggle to work out what stories they can do in a single sprint, because they say things like, I can't test this until that is done. Then as you progress through the sprint, you find that stories make indeterminate progress across the board, with lots of stories being in a kind of pending state, and it all gets a bit loose. I've been there, Jeffrey. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I was. I really like this uh, question. I was very excited when it came in because it fits so well with what we talked about last week with the sort of big bang yeah, of badness. Course. Because yep. this is the kind of problem that lead people to say, hey, look, the only thing that makes sense is for us to do all of this together, right? It's really one yep. big thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I know you, you told me that you had uh, seen it's uh, an extreme version of this where the, the sprint was, was, a, was a bit more than two weeks. Yeah, well, they wound up with one. They just said they kept making the sprint longer so they could fit everything in. This is kind of the worst anti-pattern you can imagine. Uh, so <laughs> what they wound up with was a sprint that, um, when I came to it, had been going for six months and had no sign of ending. And right. I said, we have to stop calling that a sprint. We have to call it a marathon. <laughs> yeah, six six months is, is pretty extreme. Um, that, it, 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 so, so don't do that for sure. That's right. That's not the answer. Not Making our sprints longer is not the, not the point. Uh, I think when we, when we read this, we, we we each had several different thoughts, and uh, but it is it describe a real problem what people do want to have things together. Now it's worth I think pulling apart a couple different important ideas here because one of it was the idea of a you know what's a a business feature that needs several stories to make sense. Um, that can be one thing that people can be uncomfortable and they say, well, we want to release uh, business value every sprint, and it's not value if it's not. Um, usable by real users. And the next thing we want to do, we can't get a, a coherent story together that fits within that our two-week boundary. Yep. Or one week or whatever your sprint length is. So it could be that there's kind of an arbitrary sprint length and you say, but I've got a big thing here. What do I do with that? Yeah. And and it's true. And, it, and it, one thing that's interesting about this, it doesn't really matter whether your sprint is uh, one week or two week or four week or six weeks, you can still run into this, the thing that is going to take us longer than fits in. Um, and and now, I often teach people elephant carpaccio, which is a method of getting your uh, uh, getting value out every day. And they run into this problem and they say, hey, I got a thing that's like a day and a half. So I, I, <laughs> I, it's kind of fractal. It happens at every at every scale. <laughs> that's right. And and so it's worth saying here with that um, we'll say you know sure I'll just for me I'll accept that there are some things where uh, the the overall user journey whatever we want to call it um, it only makes sense when it's bigger than our, our unit um, and so uh, in 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 those scenarios typically what I would would do with this is go ahead and we we don't lengthen our sprint we go ahead and have multiple sprints to say. Are we making progress towards that thing? We 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 may not be able to have something that is essentially um, uh, end user valuable, but it's we're definitely making progress. We're we're seeing things. Now I'm I, I'm fighting the urge to say, look, of course, most of the time, 
there are ways to thin down the value. The, at, at Tim, recently the team that the, I've been working with, they came up with the, the phrase turpentine. Uh, we, 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 we turpentined that feature, meaning we thinned it out <laughs> so that we could nice. uh, we could get, get something out that is, is more valuable. And that feature thinning idea uh, is, is a useful one. So when you can, the, I would encourage people to, to take the thinning approach first. Absolutely. And you can often make it much thinner than you think than you think you can. There, there, there's often so many opportunities, and you you need some tools that help you. If this isn't familiar to you, if you if you kind of can't think of it, um, it, it, you're unlikely to invent it yourself. But the good news is, other people have come up with really good methods for this. We'll we'll link to one of them that's uh, one of my favorites from uh, agileforall.com, and it's a story splitting resource, and it gives you a nice little flowchart of you know, could you do this for fewer users? Could you do this uh, without a database? Could you do this? Um, in lots of different ways that you might not have thought of. Yes, and and the story splitting is is a really nice segue because it can it it can be some things that are um, perhaps uh, things that you don't necessarily um, release to users, but you can still say this is the thing that is done, and we can know it's done. We can know that we've made progress. Um, uh, which and is and I would say even to... stronger, we we can show it to users and they can see that there's progress. There's some kind of feedback, whether it's all the users, whether it's um, specialized users, whether it's user proxies inside our own team. There's some way that we're giving some value. I, I would claim that you can do that and you can do it much more frequently than you think. I, I teach people to do it in uh, my Elephant Carpaccio training. I even have a bet on my website, which I'll make with all the podcast listeners too. If you can find something that I can't break down into one-day pieces, uh, literally one day that you can make some progress that's meaningful and you can get feedback, uh, then I owe you a beer. <laughs> well, I, I'd be very curious to see if anyone yeah, takes I've never had to buy a beer yet. Yeah, but you had people try, right? That's, that's oh, absolutely. Needs. People try all the time, but but I've never lost. I'd right. like to be the first. I'd like to find the first one that I would lose. That would be really interesting. But I've I've not bought any beers yet. We'll we'll, we'll make it a, a, a podcast episode. There you go. Uh, so there's this issue here of 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 thinning things down. So and uh, I for me, feature thinning is usually stuff that we will actually release to production. That's our that's really our goal. Oh, absolutely. Um, but as yeah. you say. When that's not possible, you can still have it for internal users. It can be released in production, but maybe, as you said, only internal users can see it or only your user pro customer proxies or a special designated user at, at, the, at the client side or something like that. Absolutely. And I, I have a really good example of that, which I'll throw in here. And unusually, I can actually name the client because um, we, we name them in, in the, the book that was coming out in May. Um, and this is a, a client called Unmade, and they make custom garments. They will um, work with a brand, and the brand will say, you know, uh, we'd like to make custom um, uh, jackets or um, sweaters or something like that. And so they'll, um, you, you can actually customize it in lots of ways. You can make the sleeves longer or shorter, and you can put your own logo on it and uh, mix up all the colors, and so you get a unique uh, piece of clothing. And uh, they wanted to do this on a relatively tight timeline, and they, were, they had exactly Simon's situation where there's, you know, I can't do my piece without that piece, and my bit's this far done, but I think I'm 70% done, but not unless they're done, and it's you know, a big mess, exactly as he describes. So what we put in place was a, an old uh, Alistair Coburn idea, the, the walking skeleton. And so what we did is we said, we're going to be able to make a piece of clothing. In this case, it was a jacket. That was the particular thing we were making. And um, we're going to have a lot of restrictions on it, so much that we couldn't really put it in quote-unquote production. We couldn't sell this jacket to anybody. For example, it will only come in one size. 
well, that's going to limit your market pretty strongly if you only make jackets one size. So this wasn't an MVP that was much smaller than that. But what we were able to do is make it so that you could pick which colors. Um, I think we, you could pick the colors and maybe um, uh, put a logo on. I can't remember the details. But um, you could do uh, just a couple of simple customizations. And then they actually sent it to the actual factory in which the, the garment was going to be made. And they got it back. And uh, that was really um, validating and meaningful. And then, of course, they could make more and more as they added more and more um, pieces on as they went. Uh, so that uh, now you could uh, change the, the color of the sleeves and you could change the zip and you could change something else. And so each week uh, in their one week sprints, they would uh, make further progress on the actual jacket and make one. And then, of course, uh, they hit their time de deadline and, and you could actually make the full jacket and sell it to real people. So uh, that's an example of, of, of thinning it, um, but with some, some uh, structure around, around you so that you can get real feedback, but not from people who are going to buy it. But, but that's okay. That gave them enough to know that they were making a jacket that was useful. And, and, and this is a, a great, uh, this is to me what, what really links it to that discussion last week about big bang badness. It's a clear example where you're uh, doing essentially extra work you're, 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 you know, you're making jackets that you're not going to, that are not sellable. <laughs> you're, exactly. You're, so you yes. literally made a thing um, mm -hmm. that isn't. The, nobody the wore it because it didn't created. fit anybody. We, we picked a size that none of us were, and that didn't matter. <laughs> right. But you're, but you're paying to learn. You're paying to learn and build confidence so that you're able to make, uh, know where you are, to, to, to know that you're making progress and validate that you've made progress. And, that's and the other thing idea. to note is that there is an investment in that walking skeleton. So Simon's team might consider this. He says he's got multiple systems, which these guys did too. Of course, they, they had to get their front end and their back end and then the actual shipping of the information to the factory and the factory to actually turn on a machine and make a jacket. So they had all those systems and they put they made an investment at the beginning where uh, they were going to get all of those pieces working well enough together to make a jacket of a single size. And once they could do that, then it was easy to add the further pieces because each of the, the systems were, were ready to do part of the job. So you could, have, you could work on a front-end thing so you could pick the right thing, and then you could work on something at the factory so that they would be able to make the right zip, and then you could do the, the back-end piece in the middle so that you could send it. And you could do those separately, and then the result would be a more customizable jacket. So, so we're, we're coming out here pretty strongly on the idea that we can, um, we believe we can always uh, build uh, something in a testify, you know, testable, verifiable learning bit of learning and validation on kind of any sprint duration from a day to to a month, <clears throat> and the, the, so there'll always be a way to make progress. But now there were Simon also some particular questions, and uh, and you know, maybe I'll go and, and read out some of those, and, and score you can say what you you know what we have. And this going to ha handle some of the more specifics. So sure, um, absolutely. Simon's first uh, specific question was, um, would it be fair to say two-week sprints only make sense if you can actually do releases on that cadence? Well, my, my question is, why aren't you releasing much more frequently? And, and releasing, again, <laughs> may not mean put the feature live so that real people can buy your jacket. It, it may, the releasing may be a very different thing for you. And in Unmade's case, it was... Um, create an actual jacket and have it shipped to us and, and look at it. Does it have the right number of sleeves? 
So uh, I'd be looking to, to release much more frequently than every two weeks, no matter how long my sprint length was. So I think sprint, uh, the, your sprint length and your release cadence should be different, um, and your release cadence should be much greater than your sprint, um, sprint length if you, if you possibly can. Yeah, I'd be interested in a case where that isn't possible for some uh, technical reason. I don't know. Even where you're building apps, um, it might be that your release is via something like test flight. Um, you have to wait for the app store for the real app, but um, you can release it to a, a small set of beta users um, uh, who are on test flight. That's the, the purpose of those kinds of tools. Uh, I have a client who's successfully doing that and, and just launched on time a, a very nice new app. So um, that kind of thing, uh, you may have to do um, workarounds and use tools that, that um, again, are, are not uh, your, your ultimate mechanism for releasing or for um, monetizing or whatever it is, but uh, which give you enough opportunity for feedback. I agree. I mean, I have for a long time uh, pointed people at the article doing the impossible 50 times a day which is uh, a, a story at uh, IMView uh, where they would um, do a, uh, every time someone would commit their source code, it would be to, to master, to head, and it would uh, go through an automated release process out to production. Um, so, so I definitely... I'm, Please don't do that if you're building a nuclear plant, by the way. So, so that that applies in certain <laughs> cases, right? <laughs> but you can do something that's in that direction, no matter what situation you're in. That's what I think we're arguing. Uh, and I think that's where I wanted to get to is that um, uh, even if you can say in our scenario, for some reason, we can't do that last mile piece, let's, let's go back here. What are we trying to build? We're trying to build as much confidence as possible, as early as possible. So if we're not actually able to um, get that uh, the the app store to pick us uh, pick pick up our our, our build in the, in the two week cycle when we would want it or we can't reliably get the 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 item of, that we did on Thursday released in the store on Friday which is a very realistic scenario the question is how close can we get to that so without knowing exactly what the scenarios that Simon has in mind well, that's 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 the point here. We can say so. You can you can have a sprint length in my mind that is shorter than your two production release process. If you have some release process that is unmovable, I'm assuming you've done everything you can to move it uh, to be shorter. You can still have have something a sprint length that's shorter to say with the idea that we've done as much validation as is possible prior to that last step, and that's usually quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much more than you think. Right. What other questions did Simon have? We have we have two more here. The second question was, uh, what if you need more than you can do in one sprint to make a coherent business feature? Uh, yeah, and so I, I, I found is, this one yeah, go ahead. intriguing. I was saying I found this intriguing for 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 at least two definitions. Um, one of which was the, you know, the the idea of, I think much like the story you you had it unmade that you you don't it doesn't really make sense until you have to release out to the uh, public until you have more options. You were saying that you had some more on that? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that um, it, it depends on what you mean exactly by coherent. In, in the case of the jacket, ultimately you want a jacket that is really customizable and that people can actually wear. They're not going to wear a, ja a, a jacket if it, if it, they're not going to buy it if it doesn't come in their size. If it only comes in one size, you're just, it's really not a viable product. But uh, I'd claim that there's a much, that, that the jacket that's one size but lets you change the color of the sleeves 
is a coherent business feature. That's valuable. That's telling you a lot about um, whether the factory can make jackets. <laughs> tells you an awful <laughs> there's an awful lot of learning to get from that. And you can show it to um, people who are at least user proxies. You can show it to your customer, who's the the brand who um, is going to be selling the jackets. And you can say, is this a jacket you'd like to sell? But uh, be aware, this we, we are, have a lot more customization to come. But is is this one of your jackets? And they can say yes or oh my god, no, you're missing this important piece. So. Uh, I think you can almost always, again, I'd love to see exceptions, uh, get a coherent business feature if you spend some time making a walking skeleton where you need it and if you are willing to thin it to the point where you can get feedback, maybe not sell it to a real customer. And I want to, just because I've, I've been, uh, as Simon said, these these kind of uh, questions come up in many cases, and I know mm-hmm. one, uh, one uh, time I've heard this kind of discussion uh, is where people are thinking in the opposite way, and what they what they mean is something like, "Well, we can't do a press release on this yet, right? We 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 can't we we don't want to do um, marketing to our users on this yet until we have all of these things done," and and that leads to an uh, 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 and the assumption people often make is, "Well, we can't release anything incrementally. We want to hold everything back until we're ready to do the press release." And so sometimes this is the decoupling that you can do, and I've done it many places, is to say, actually, we're going to start, you know, incrementally rolling out these features. And in the end, we'll have a bundle that tell a coherent story. They're all in the same theme. And when all of those theme-related items are done, then we have enough for our press release or our marketing or whatever it is we're going to do. So the question of what can we get to production and actually have in use, have real users validating, uh, that can be decoupled from this um, business story that you want to have, which is expressed in marketing as opposed to what's in production. So that's that was what I found intriguing. This is that is you and I are talking about kind of uh, in your example of getting this early business learning before it's production ready, and the opposite of getting. Uh, production use, actually, real production value before you do your sort of business story marketing push. That makes sense. And I would, I just can't help myself but add that uh, you can often market way before you have the feature at all. So um, I, I won't go into it, but you can you can actually put up a button that uh, when you click it, it takes you to a page that says, sorry, we don't have this feature yet. And so you can do an awful lot of marketing. And a client of mine just uh, did that. They launched, uh, I think, maybe a thousand landing pages for all kinds of variations of their product, none of which work yet. And they're watching the traffic to see who goes to those landing pages, and then they'll build the features behind each of those um, ones that people are actually interested in. And they won't build it for the probably 998 combinations and variations <laughs> that they that people don't want. Right, that's a very very creative approach for people entering new markets. I'm I'm thinking of the scenario I had in mind would be where you had a, a, a decent sized installed base, and you're yeah, so rather than yeah. you're, you're yeah you're you're it's like guess guess what you now have this new capability. You really wouldn't want to have them go try to use it and be disappointed it wasn't there. But it's exactly. it's a, it's a good example of being um, uh, sensitive to the conditions that you're in to to choose the right path rather than just assuming there's one right way. Uh, which I think is sense. one of the interesting things about this whole thing. So one one more question from Simon. Uh, Great. Um, and he's saying basically, you know, what could you do? Could you, could you release half the stories but not tell users about them until you release the remainder? And and 
And then I like this because he says that could be risky in a process that needs high confidence. Because I felt like, man, we're we're right back in the in the the room of pain <laughs> with with that. Yeah. At least that's how. Yeah. If we need high confidence, then we need to test the whole thing all together and make sure that the whole process works. But yeah, exactly. there are lots of tricks for this, and uh, I'll just mention one that uh, leaps to my mind, but there are, there are probably lots of others that I'm not thinking of, and uh, things like the story-splitting resource are often helpful for this. So in cases where I've needed high confidence, uh, I might have an existing system, I might have an existing process that um, uh, gives a, a price or gives a, um, a rating or something like that, and I'm replacing it with a new, more exciting, speedier, better one. And so a technique for uh, getting live, getting feedback, um, being in production, but um, having high confidence is to run both of them together. Again, an example of something that you, you, um, you're building some scaffolding, you're building something that you're going to throw away. So uh, I might build, uh, keep my old uh, thing running and output the, the, the number, whatever it is. And then I build my new thing and I release it, but it's, uh, it's kind of not hooked up yet. It's uh, hooked up just to, to produce its number and then to give me a message to tell me, did, did I match the old system? And of course, it might be that my number is better, in which case, good, that's a good message. I'm happy to get it. Or it might be that um, my new number is worse. Uh, it's, it's the wrong number. It's uh, you know, too low or too high or whatever. And then that's a bug. I've learned something. I've said, ah, this new thing is, is buggy. It's, it's not doing the same as the old in the case where it should. And uh, both of those are very useful pieces of learning, and I can get them from the live system. But, uh, of course, the, the one that actually triggers whatever further process happens, that actually buys a thing or uh, um, offers something for sale or whatever it does, um, that actually uses the number, that uses the old system until I've got confidence. So I can run them in parallel. That's just one technique that, that leaps to my mind for... Um, not releasing half the story. Well, yes, releasing half the story or even a very small piece of the story, which is the new system is going to work, but it'll only um, handle the simple cases and we'll compare it against the old system. And that will tell us in live production, which, uh, you know, whether our new one is as good as the old one or possibly better. And um, it doesn't cause us any harm, uh, any loss of confidence because the old one is still in charge. And what I really like about this as a as sort of a closing story uh, is what we're what we're talking here. If we kind of step back for a second, is um, we're we're spending extra work. You know, you just described this having these things run in production, and essentially you're doing extra work to make that possible uh, be, as a trade off to get more learning sooner. And if you go back to this, uh, we talked about in our last episode of Big Bang Badness, the 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 dangerous uh, idea of, of um, trying to optimize at, at the wrong point, as opposed to taking a systems view. If you take the systems view, that's what you're doing. You're saying we're, we, we care about having as much confidence and learning as much as possible so that we have the best thing the soonest across, you know, using uh, optimizing across all the possible levers. And we're willing to, to be inefficient at some places, we're going to be inefficient to create the sort of scaffolding that we will later throw away because we value what we get out of it and, and the effect it has on our overall end-to-end -end delivery time. Uh, and that's the opposite of how people, I think, often stumble and they, they often struggle to come up with these kind of solutions because they're worried about efficiency in the small at this narrow point. Oh, we, we, well, we don't want to do extra work. And, and that's an attractive idea. We don't want to do extra work and that would be waste, but it's a mistake <laughs> when you look, step back and you look at the whole system view. So 
and and I because think that's when, the, when you optimize. Go ahead. Oh, that's 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 just the, the our overall approach here about this multi sprint stories is the um, is taking the the full system view of what we're trying to accomplish. Absolutely, and and when you um, uh, take that full system view, when uh, the thing I often tell teams is uh, optimize throughput over or prioritize throughput over uh, utilization. Uh, don't try to be as efficient and, and be typing all the time. You might need to get to get more output. Um, when you do that, you get uh, uh, huge amounts more learning, and you avoid the situation that Simon refers to, where um, throughout the sprint you have indeterminate progress. Lots of stories are in a pending state, and it all gets a bit loose because you actually know what the throughput is. You know what results you're getting, but you are paying for that. And I think that's a, a cost worth paying. And I, I agree completely. There you go. All right. Well, a great question from Simon. If listeners have uh, this kind of experience, if Simon himself wants to follow up, we'd, we'd sure like to hear from you. You know, we do consulting, so you could hire us to come and sort out this problem for you, um, if you if you've got this kind of situation. So um, uh, always get in touch with us. We'd love to uh, get more questions on the podcast, get your situation. Do you have a case where you can actually give us an example where um, uh, either you're going to win the bet and get a beer from me because you don't think you can break it down into one day pieces or uh, where you really think there's uh, a strong case for not releasing um, uh, a story every sprint. Uh, both of those would be really interesting. Get in touch with us. And you can find us on troubleshootingagile.com. If you're interested in our new book that's coming out in May, that's uh, a lot more information on that on conversationaltransformation.com. Uh, we got websites up the wazoo and, and emails and uh, Twitter and all the good stuff. So we'd love to hear from you. And of course, we also like it when you click on any kind of subscribe button that makes sense in, in however you listen to podcasts podcasts because we come out every week and we like listening to answer and answering uh, listener questions. Super. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will. Well.